Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm here. I'm here too. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> I swear to God, the instant I came in my office, the dogs that had been sleeping for hours woke up, started running after me. Like, get out of my way. Ugh. They just know it's go time. It is go time. And then I'm like, okay, so now they have to go potty. I tell you to wait. I go out to open the door. They both just stand there and look out the door like, why do you have the door open? Like, I'm going <laughs> to kill you! <laughs> going to kill you! Oh, okay, so now I'm in here, so I give them five minutes before they have to go out. Okay, that's fine. I'm currently helping the youngest grandchild with that hair corrector, so I might have to pause and help with some of that later. Dear God. <laughs> it's always something but you know what we only have ourselves to blame mm -hmm. you that's fine allowing her to do that to her hair and then you have to deal with it and me for insisting on having dogs yeah it's okay whatever uh, all right we're just we'll do the best that we can that's all we can do so are you recovered from the starbucks trauma we experienced later earlier today? <laughs> oh god are we gonna say are we gonna tell that story right now yes we are <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yes because one i am pissed and you know i gotta say i freaking love starbucks i am a starbucks junkie i own starbucks stock i love them but we had an experience today that you know made me not too happy with them <laughs> So we had a lovely, lovely lunch together. We laughed, we joked, we laughed. And then we decided to go get Starbucks on the way home because I know for sure I needed coffee to stay awake to get to this point of the day. I don't mm -hmm. know about you. Coffee's always good. Yeah, so it's a little Starbucks. And of course, it's at a mall. So there's a horde of people waiting in line. We do our order. It's super crowded. Uh, the, the people, the baristas are overly worked and stressed and there's not enough of them. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do agree with that. Okay. So, you know, it was the perfect Molotov cocktail of bullshit <laughs> going and down. Then, and then we walked in and we yes. flames <laughs> like a, like a Tinder keg. <laughs> The flames, the the big lighters walk in. Yes, the spark is here, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so you go ahead and you take the story from here, kiddo. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so we're in the Starbucks, we're waiting for our coffee, and we're standing kind of in the corner 
where they would have put the like napkins and straws like pre-COVID they would have had all the half and half and shit there. Correct. So we're standing in front of that cart, which now has nothing on it. And behind me is their shelving unit that has all of their coffee cups and coffee and merchandise. And there's people behind me. My back is turned to that. There's people behind me and they're looking at the coffee cups. And the next thing I know, one of the travel mugs falls on the floor and shatters into 7 million pieces. And I turn around and I'm like, was that me? Because I was just standing there, but I was thinking maybe my purse hit something, even though those people behind me like literally had travel mugs in their hands. Yeah, and stop they- being so helpful. You so wait and see what they- <laughs> oh, oh my god look what you did so the lady's like yeah i think so and she like puts her cup down and i'm like okay like one of the baristas comes over so the barista one of them comes over and he picks up one of the like unbroken coffee cups and he's like we'll just leave this at the register for you to pay and we're like what do you mean pay like the wait a minute cup- what do- What do you mean we? Yeah. Like, why are we paying for the coffee cup that fell off the shelf? Like, it's not like I took it off the shelf and threw it on the ground. I wasn't even facing that display case. Right. Then I I think you asked, like, what do you like? What do you mean? We like where we need to pay for that. Yeah. It says it's it's the policy of the company to make you pay. Yeah. He said something to the effect (laughs) of. Well, we have to charge you for that. And then you respond and you're like, well, that doesn't mean we have to pay. That's that's <laughs> absolutely correct. I have to charge you. Well, I don't have to pay you. That's that's pretty much verbatim what happened. Yeah. And I said, maybe you shouldn't have had so much merchandise piled on the shelf out to the very edge. I didn't even bring up the thousands of dollars I've lost in Starbucks stock. with all this crap going on if anything you should be filling our arms with free starbucks merchandise (laughs) so then the the guy's only response to you saying that doesn't mean i have to pay you (laughs) was are you still waiting on a drink and i'm like well fuck here we go because you had your drink i didn't have my drink yet so i was like man they're gonna take my drink and hold the hostage And be like, we're not giving you the rest of your coffees because you're not going to pay for the cup. And I was going to cry. Sure. But the guy just, when you said, yes, we're waiting for one more drink. This is our name. He just said, we'll get your drink right to you. Because he could not get us out of there fast enough. He was so pissed off that we were not willing to pay for a cup that fell off of their shelf. I'm sure they have a slush fund. First of all, they don't even know for sure that you, we don't know that you were the one that did it. It could have been the people behind you that were looking at the cops. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't even facing it. I didn't feel my purse hit anything. I didn't like back into the display case and like knock it. Like if anything, it would have been like a feather touch on this thing in order for it to fall off the fucking shelf. And those people were the ones that had the display case the travel mugs in their hands the thing that made me laugh the hardest. i was framed can i say how old you're going to be in august oh yeah go ahead so rachel's going to be 42 years old in august and the instant this jerk came over and started accusing her of breaking things i kind of pushed rachel behind me and stepped in front (laughs) 
Mama Bear Mode never goes away and said, what do you mean you think we're paying for this, sir? <laughs> I was happy that you handled it because I probably would have just paid it because I don't want to get blacklisted from Starbucks. <laughs> well, you know, there's always someone higher up the ladder that we could have complained to in the event that they were going to do that. But it's like, no, this is not happening. I, I don't know. I'm sure they have a slush fund. They make a ton in profit. They charge what for a stinking cup of coffee? They can yeah. cover the overpriced cost of one travel mug that broke. I apologize that this inconvenienced you. I would have been willing to sweep up the broken glass, but you said no, and that's fine too, but I'm not paying for that. Yeah, even the people that were looking at the mugs were like, that was a total accident. And then the people that were on the other side of you, not near the mugs at all, uh -huh. were like, I can't believe they're trying to charge you for that cup. That was a complete accident. Like they shouldn't try to charge. We had some people on on our side of course we did but i think as soon as you were like doesn't mean we have to pay the guy was like oh god full karen mode is on let's just get this karen <laughs> out of here hey i'm for truth justice and the american way it has nothing to do with it give me a logical explanation we hadn't touched it we weren't going to pay for it it was in no way if anything we should turn around and sue them for shard glass at our feet while I was wearing sandals, it could have easily cut our toes. So they're lucky that we just said, thank you, sir, and left. Okay. <laughs> it was just a weird end to our lunch outing that we yes, went on. Yes, it was sad. I felt bad that that's how it was going down because we had such a good time at lunch. So let's talk about the book now. Yes. Let's. Okay. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I love us. <laughs> I, was, I was taking a sip of my drink. Sorry. Well, I didn't know that. This book is Demon Bane by Marie Robinson, and it is book number one in the Dark Talons series. Book opens in the slums of a town called Constable with a, our heroine, whose name is Minerva. I really appreciated how this book opened because Minerva's thinking about how happy she is because she's not married and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty dang funny. Literally on page one, and she thinks, at least I wasn't married with children hanging on my skirts. It was one of the few things I was thankful for from this new life. Even as a child, I found the idea of marriage unappealing. Now, doubly so. So I was like, right on, girl. She's kind of in that, like, even though my life's not that great, it could always be worse mindset. While she's thinking about this stuff, she gets approached by a man named Dernth. He is the leader of a gang named The Hallows. He is also the man who rescued her from the streets when she was... I don't think it ever says how old she was. All we know is that it was 10 years ago and she was right. like a girl, a yes. kid. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that she's like 19 to 22 at this point. We don't ne We never find out her exact age, though, I don't think. Mm -hmm. He's also the guy that made her who she is today. He kind of recruited her into this Hallows gang. He has a job lined up for her and the Hallows, and they're meeting up with somebody who could be a potential boss for a new job for them. Yeah, and you got to mention that even though he saved her, she hates him. Yes. Yes, yeah. she does. Yeah. He's he a, and a bad guy. 
Yeah, he's not that great. He's he did her a favor by saving her, but he never took it easy on her. Right. This is how she met him. She had tried to steal from him back when she was first on the streets. And she thinks rather than chopping my hand off or killing me, he took me in and made me what I was. He saved me. Mm -hmm. I still hated him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's no love there. No, there is not. This mystery man eventually does arrive for the meeting and he is a towering Adonis of a man and he's got the dark hair and the blue eyes of all of the swoon worthy main characters we know and love. Yes. His name is Cassian and he wants to use Minerva as a guide for an expedition to some place named, I'm going to say this wrong every time, but in my head, I think of it as Aea. How did you think this was pronounced? I didn't. I thought okay. it was a I thought it was a typo because I'm like there's not a consonant to be had in this word. So the name of this place is spelled A E A E A. So I was just thinking Aea. So as soon as she finds out that this is the job that this guy wants to do, she just says no. But Durnth tells her that she should consider it and pretty much do it for the money. Turns out that the new boss He's not just Cassian, but he's Cassian Talon. He's a ruthless killer with endless amounts of money. And he has a treasure hunt that he wants to go on. She eventually ends up saying yes to this job request because she does want to get the money that she would make on this. And if she gets enough money, she can pay her debts and be free of the Hallows forever. She did have a couple demands that she wanted. Like she like tripled the amount of money he originally offered her. And she also made a demand about having like private quarters when they're on the ship. Mm -hmm. When they get on the ship, there's a guy there named Gavrit. He's one of Cassian's brothers. He's a surly motherfucker. And he's got a huge (laughs) eagle for a BFF. The eagle's name is Zypher. Mm-hmm. We meet one of his siblings here. Her and Cassian aren't off to a great start, and he ends up showing her to the quote private quarters for the journey. Mm-hmm. Turns out that they're Cassian's quarters, and he twisted her request for private room into a shared room with him by saying that's the only private room on the entire ship, and she has to stay there if she doesn't want to deal with the other crew members in the shared quarters, and they're probably going to harass her because she's the only woman on the ship. Yeah, but before we get into that part, did you already talk about the reputation that the Talon family has. He is like terrifying. Everybody in his family is. They're bloodthirsty and ruthless. And the reason he is because is because he apparently fought and killed a demon. So he's supposed to be one badass. Mm-hmm. She describes him as more than a warlord. He was a lord of war, a ruthless killer without hesitation or remorse, even for the smallest offenses. Men would follow him into battle to see him in his element, blood and death. 
Yes. So yeah, he supposedly killed a demon and that's how he got this nickname Demon Bane, which is the title of the book. Yes. And apparently everybody in his family was raised to not show mercy to anyone for anything. They're okay. a bunch of badasses. Yes, they are. <laughs> After he drops this whole private room bomb on her he leaves her to stew in the room for a little bit and she uses this time alone to do some snooping she finds a map and she sees a hidden message in this little pocket of the map but she still can't really figure out what that message means or what the true purpose for the quest is so she starts reading a book because she's still in there by herself when Cassian reappears in the room and he's not wearing a shirt I actually loved this mm -hmm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> she ends up kicking his ass and they're both fighting with each other until she eventually wins mm -hmm. and it turns out that he was actually testing her and he says that she passed his test sure and she, basically she can stay mm -hmm. and he also says that violence is his favorite form of foreplay <laughs> <laughs> i like it so later on they go to dinner and he finally reveals what his actual plans for this mystery quest are. He wants to find something called King Xanu's treasure. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Okay. I don't know what's going on. All I can think is maybe it's the app itself. Can you hear me the whole time when I'm talking? Yes. That's really weird. I don't know. Just for the listeners, hopefully this episode makes sense, but we're having a problem with the app or some sort of technicality, and we've had to stop and start like four times now. So yeah. we're just, we're just going to try and see what happens, I guess. Right. Hopefully the, that will be the, the fourth time is the charm. Cassian's plans for this quest is basically a treasure hunt for some treasure that's a legend part legend part fairy tale supposedly belonging to somebody called king xanu mm -hmm. kazian also wants to split up the hallows crew when they get to this island of aea and have half of them go one way half of them go another way because this thing is such a mystery it's like a divide and conquer and hopefully they'll find it quickly sort of situation yeah there's a riddle they have to solve so that he's thinking the treasure could be in one of four places so his brother's gonna take two and check them out with half the crew and his eagle and he and minerva and the other half of the crew are gonna check out the other two and he wants Minerva to be the guide on this quest because Minerva grew up on the island and I don't think he knows this part but actually she's so familiar with the island because her dad was a map maker when she was a child he doesn't she know he didn't yeah. know that yeah okay so she's like a really good guide for him but she hasn't been back to the island since she was a child oh minerva says that the treasure doesn't exist she grew up on the island she knows it very well her dad like i said made maps she used to travel the island all the time with her dad she's never seen this treasure never had a hint of where it could possibly be so she thinks it's a, a fool's errand correct to try to go after this treasure plus also this island is a volcanic island so many pluses to this <laughs> island <laughs> the island is not really one where you could just land your boat anywhere you could really only land it in a town called grotto and that city is supposedly magically walled off by the gods and so that anytime the volcano erupts it doesn't go into the city and 
outside the walls, it's not just the volcano, but there's also people like village savages people named the Kanoi. And those people on the island outside that protective wall of the grotto are savages and cannibals. Yeah. She's like, there's absolutely no way we're going to survive this trip, but okay, if you want to waste your money paying me tons to try to go on this errand that's going to come to nothing, so be it. Right, because she gets paid either way, correct? Yes, she's supposed to get paid either way, and there's, you know, different amounts of money that she'll get different times. And she even asks, like, well, what if people die, or what if we don't come back, and blah, blah, blah. So she kind of works out all the contingencies for it. Mm -hmm. So when they finally go to bed that night... In that one room, the one bed. She sleeps in a hammock, though. Because, yeah, she, yeah she's telling him, don't touch me. Don't uh -huh. even think of it. Other men have lost fingers and other body parts trying to make a pass at me. Yes. Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm not, not going to share the bed with you and I'll sleep on the floor if I have to. But he's like, oh, I have a hammock. But he does tell her, sleep well, darling. Yeah. And he's constantly calling her darling in this book. Which, if you follow us on Instagram, is why I posted the Instagram post <laughs> a few days ago. Yeah, I laughed when I read about that. Darling. So mm -hmm. go on there, and now that post will finally make sense because he's constantly calling her darling in this book. Like a 1940s movie. So the next morning, Dernth ends up calling a meeting for the Hallows because, of course, Dernth is on this trip as well. He says that he wants Minerva to get close to Cassian kill him and then the hallows will take all of the treasure for themselves because even though they're getting paid a shit ton of money to go on this expedition he still wants all of the treasure he doesn't just want their portion of the treasure because mm -hmm. i think Cassian had explained to them you can keep any treasure you can carry yourself out of wherever we find it that's what he did say he said if you can carry yeah. it have it. I don't care. There's more than enough for all of us to be very, very wealthy. Still not enough for Dirt. Still not though. enough. No. <laughs> Jerk. He's, he's like, use your feminine wiles on him. Kill him. Even though this guy's fought a demon and won. Right. But Dirt. Drunk is like, I have faith in you, Minerva. Yeah. Use that magical pussy power. Yeah. And <laughs> kill his ass. Okay. So now Minerva's in the horrible position where she has to agree with Dernth, even though she doesn't really want to, because if she doesn't agree with Dernth, that's her boss and he'll kill her. But then on the flip side, Cassian's going to kill her when he finds out that she's basically double crossing him. So now she's royally screwed. Yes. And she's very attracted to Cassian. He's super sexy and mm -hmm. I don't know. I of think of course he is. The, of course, it's like the decision for me would be easy. What would your decision be? I would tell Cassian, but she thinks Cassian will be because he's so mean that he will kill all of the Hallows, including her, because she is associated with them. Yes, she's very afraid to tell him because even though they kind of fight a little bit and verbally spar, they do kind of get along. She respects him. She does like him because, of course, he's fucking gorgeous. Of course. But yeah, he's supposed to be this ruthless demon killing animal. Yeah. She's scared of him like I'd be scared too but he needs her to negotiate the island so she's i don't know i was very much questioning this so go ahead so it's not that long after minerva is told what her new job is by Dernth that cassian ends up 
killing one of the crew members because that crew member peed in a water barrel and contaminated the water. Why would he do that? She finds out later that they have a way to purify the water. So he could have fixed this guy's mistake. But because this guy peed in the water, he had to make an example of him. That the guy was not respecting the ship or something. Well, and the guy, but the guy was super drunk. He had a reputation for being a... It's just more of him being ruthless. And it yeah. just feeds more into how she's afraid of him and the plan to double cross him. She tries to question him about one of the maps that she saw. He says, of course, that he'll answer it in exchange for a kiss. Because Cassian is a smitten kitten. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> but she ends up telling him to go to hell. That would have been her perfect in for trying to do what Durnth wanted yes. her to. But she's very reluctant to do it. And she's like never been kissed. She's a virgin. Like, oh my she God. She doesn't want to do any of that. The trope I hate more than freaking anything in the world is a woman being a virgin and why authors are perpetuating the myth that a woman is more desirable to a man because to me, that's what they're doing. If their virginity is intact, I don't know. I think it's a big disservice to women uh, because he has apparently banged everything on the face of the earth. But, you know, she and you tell me how living in the streets for 10 years, this girl is going to maintain her virginity. Give me a break. Not just that, but I never really understood why she wanted to remain a virgin. Maybe because she really, really didn't want to have kids. Maybe. But it's never fully explained why she doesn't just have sex. Did we talk about what happened to her on that island or does that come out later? I think that comes out later because okay. no, we haven't said it yet. All right. When this whole thing comes out with her, uh, what happened to her as a kid, that to me would be all the more reason yes! to go out and talk to some rando. Thank but we'll you. talk more about that later, I guess. All right. Okay. I thought the exact same thing. Okay. So they continue on the journey. They are verbally sparring with each other, like I said, and they're using this time on the ship to kind of go over the maps and investigate the island and how they should best conduct their journey once they do get there. We get some more background on Cassian and his other family members. Turns out he has a sister named Morgan and the oldest brother in the family is somebody named Lord Brannon. Mm -hmm. uh, this book is a fantasy, but it's also kind of set in like Bridgerton time. So there's lords and ladies and dukes and things like that. And also Faye and- yes. So it's a mix of all those things. And gods. Yes. Good God. They eventually kiss and she confesses that she's actually never kissed anyone before. And she freaks out when they're done and says things like this shouldn't have happened and goes to bed. She basically freaks out because she does kind of like him, but she mm -hmm. has that, what do you call it? Double crossing job she's supposed to be doing. Yeah. She doesn't want to like him because she has to kill him. <laughs> yeah. She's supposed to be killing him. So. Yes. She can't catch feelings. Right, exactly. Let's keep it uh, professional. It's a working, yes. a working relationship where she's going to kill him. The ship finally lands in that town named Grotto. She suggests they go to an inn called Jacob's Cradle. On the way to the inn, she freaks out because she thinks she sees somebody that she knew from when she was a kid having to do with the bad thing that happened to her mm -hmm. and just in general she's really afraid somebody's going to recognize her from when she was a kid even though i feel like 10 years has yeah. passed and she probably would look very different but yes whatever 
She should. She ends up taking a bath in the room. The room is tiny. He's there the entire time she bathes because, of course, there's only one room at the inn. Of course. As soon as she's done bathing, he gets into the bathtub, which was kind of weird, kind of gross. Like, okay, if there's only one bathtub, I guess you're going to use the same bath water. But I was like, oh, this is kind of gross. Yeah, well, a bath back then was a huge luxury. So, yeah, they're going to share the bath water. Yeah, that's why they say, like, don't... What is the saying? Don't throw out the baby with the bath. Yes, the bath water. <laughs> the baby used to get washed last. Yes. And if any if anybody's going to pee in the bath, it's going to be a baby. It's going to be that fucking baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yet another reason to not have babies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The scene wasn't sexy at all, but they had some pretty good talks during that scene about the journey. And when he gets out of the bathtub, she actually starts asking him about all the scars that he has on his body. Mm -hmm. That's kind of nice. But before anything good can really happen, that fucker Durnth comes to the room and interrupts them. He's so annoying. Kazian ends up leaving the room. He returns a little bit later and he has some food. They talk while she eats and she reveals her reason why she accepted the job as a guide. She also talks about what happened to her on this island when she was a kid. Okay, so her father was a map maker, but he was also a smuggler. Because, of course, he knows the island so well as a map maker. He knows how to smuggle things in and out of the island, I guess. Right. And he had the perfect cover because he would take Minerva with him. Mm -hmm. And she was eight. And she's like, who would believe that, you know, a businessman with his eight-year-old daughter would be involved in smuggling? And, of course, her mother knew nothing about it. But it was a great cover story. Yeah, so he would smuggle alcohol and magical contraband in and out of the AEA and the wall on AEA. Something with one of his jobs went wrong. Some people came to the house, basically killed the dad, killed the mom. Mm-hmm. Minerva witnessed all of it. They kidnapped Minerva because like we said she was a child at the time put her in a cage on a ship sending her somewhere else I don't know if the ship was supposed to go to Constantinople, which is where she ended up getting anyways but what they were going to do with Minerva was they were going to sell her as a child bride because she was a virgin yeah sometimes nobles desire a child bride which ugh, gross They call that a pedophile. Yes. Mm -hmm. She ended up escaping in Constantinople. And that's eventually when she met up with Durnth. So that's the whole reason why she hates the island. She's afraid of seeing people there because they lost a bunch of money because they weren't able to sell her. So when she's done telling this whole story about her life and her childhood, they end up making out. Well, not before Cassian just is furious and stands yes. up and says, do you know their names? And she's like, well, two of them at least. He's all, tell me. And she stares at him and she goes, no, it was a decade ago. So he's ready to go out and kill them. He does the instant who hurt you, mm-hmm. which we all love. Yes, we but- do. I really liked her response because she says, you don't get to suddenly be a hero when I have no need of one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, she's like, it was a decade ago. Hopefully they're dead and rotting in the sea. He says, like, I doubt you'll ever need a hero. Perhaps someone to watch your back, but you're not a damsel in need of rescuing. Correct. So that was really good, their response Mm -hmm. to one another. He starts kissing her. 
they do some heavy petting on both ends and they end up falling asleep holding each other. So they're slowly moving on in their sexual acts with one another. The next day they start the adventure outside the wall that surrounds Grotto. Gavrit and half the Hallows go one way. Cassie and Minerva and the other half go the other way. When they go to leave the wall itself, there's a man there named Torin and he's checking on them and logging who's leaving. And Minerva remembers him from when he was a child. So she freaks out the whole time, hoping that he really doesn't remember her or recognize her. Yeah, she's terrified. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. The journey outside the wall is hot. It's miserable. They all hate it. It's like a tropical island, basically. So she ends up picking a fight with him because not only is she hot and miserable, but then now she's seen somebody she recognizes. So she's just really on edge. She picks that fight with him and he eventually confesses something about his past, about a woman that he was supposed to marry. The news is upsetting to Minerva because what happened between him and this woman he was supposed to marry, his fiance, was, let's see if I have the quote... Oh, I don't know if I highlighted the whole thing. He says, I did plan on settling down, even found a pretty woman I considered myself in love with. Then, two days before the wedding, she gave me this. He yanked up his shirt, revealing the gnarled scar at his hip. So yeah, I decided I'd rather fight and fuck my way across the world than try to find another woman to let crush me under her heel. Yeah. That woman betrayed him, hurt him, and he ended up killing her. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, good for him, defending yeah. himself. And, and also, what's with these last couple books where there's exes that are, like, stabby? Because this happened yeah. in the Corsair's yeah. <laughs> book. It did. I yeah, just I thought, thought of that. I thought of that when I was reading it. But I was like, yeah, so he, she tells him, or she he overhears him talking to his older brother that she wants to be the older brother's mistress on the side or something yes because brandon is a lord and he's higher up in the patriarchal realm or whatever so unbelievable so minerva is extra upset by this story because she's catching feelings but then also she's also supposed to betray yeah Kazian, mm -hmm. and now kazian's just admitted to murdering his ex so Right. She's this story didn't help her at all. No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you killed the woman you loved? He's like, yeah, I did, and I don't regret it. So that night they settled down in a tent. They end up getting attacked in their tent. And they have to fight with... They don't fight with each other. They fight as a pair, I should say, mm -hmm. against the attackers. Dernth wasn't directly involved in this attack that happens but he was really slow to arrive to offer them help. Was he part of the attack or did he mastermind it? We're not really sure, but Minerva sure does think he is. Yeah, because weren't they attacked? They were attacked by some of his men. Yes, some <laughs> of the Hallows were part of the group, yeah. So a couple more days pass. They continue the journey. They end up arriving at a village. They speak to some of the elders and try to get some information about this legend of King Xanu. Minerva tries to tell Cassian that she suspects Dernth was involved in the attack, but she can't give him all the details because, of course, they get interrupted again. Yeah, to me, this is ridiculous. They are sleeping alone together. She had multiple, multiple opportunities to tell him because she had decided she was going to finally tell him and take her chances. Um, there's a lot of world and plot building. Yeah, um, there was. I'm not mentioning any of it, but just okay. know that's all happening in the book. Mm-hmm. 
So if you want to read it, you're going to get way more details than we're saying right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> During one of their discussions with the village elders, they hear stories about the island and the gods. This kind of helps them understand the cryptic clues to the treasure that they have. It also helps them realize that the map has special ink, which yeah. I don't know why she wouldn't have thought of this yes. as a map maker, but okay. Well, not only that, but that map, she ends up telling him, was one of the maps her father made. Yeah. She recognizes his, like, monogram or his yes. symbol on the map. Whatever. So the map has special ink, and if you hold it up a certain way, the ink is revealed. So they hold it up to the fire, and they can see this new layer in the map, which shows some cave networks, lava tubes. Cassian ends up revealing even more after this to her about why he really wants to find the treasure. Turns out that he doesn't just want the treasure because he's a spoiled noble and wants the money or wants to say he found the treasure. Mm -hmm. His youngest brother, Viridian, has disappeared and is in the Fey lands. Viridian has been a slave for seven years, or he's supposed to be a slave for seven years, and so far he's been missing for five. Right. So he only has two more years left on this slave service, and he needs to find something in the treasure to use to free his younger brother. So that's why he doesn't care if any of the people in the Hallows take whatever they can carry because he literally only wants one item from the treasure. Yeah, and his brother isn't going to be let go after seven years. He found out from a witch that he's his brother will be killed. They had a witch that they used for something and she ended up telling them this story saying she had a vision and that Viridian would be in great peril if they did not rescue him before the last day of the seventh year. She couldn't see his future beyond that day. Mm -hmm. So they don't know what's going to happen to him, but it's something bad. So they're like, we have to get him out of there before the seven year mark. After he does this whole story with her and reveal, he rewards her almost by doing some cunnilingus. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, he's just, you know, really going for it here. Telling her everything and doing everything to her. Later on, Durnth ends up questioning Minerva. She has to make up a lie to tell him. She says that Cassian needs the something called the Relic of the Crimson Dragon. And that Cassian wants that piece from the treasure to give to a woman he intends to marry. And she ends up saying, basically, we don't have to kill him anymore, Durnth, because he literally only wants this one thing. So, like, <laughs> it'll be fine, right? Like, we can take all the treasure we want, except for that one. But Durnth isn't having any of it. He's like, no, he still has to die. Right. So now she has to come up with yet another plan to try to separate herself and Cassian from Durnth and the rest of the Hallows. She gets Cassian to agree to go off with her separately by suggesting that they find a place that she used to love, some place that has some privacy, and basically alluding to the fact that nobody will hear them and they can finally have sex. Yes. So this secret place is some hot springs and her favorite place on the island. It's really sad because she's like, this is my favorite place on the island and if I have to die anywhere 
I want it to be here because she's decided she's going to confess to him what's happening. And she's just assuming that he's going to murder her when he finds out. Yeah, I've never read or heard of anyone being so freaking calm when they know they're going to die. <laughs> she's just, ex- she's accepted it, I guess. Yes, I love him so much. I will let him kill me for my betrayal. I think she's just accepted the fact that she's got no way out of it. Well, she, okay. she doesn't think she has any way out of it. I'm not really sure how this works, but when they're in the hot springs, because of course she's going to enjoy her last day with him, what she thinks is her last day with him. Right. They're in the hot springs. They're naked. They go into this cave in the water and he ends up holding her up so he can go down on her again. I mean, I know this guy was strong, but <laughs> this was... Really, like, interesting. Okay. I wish I had some diagrams or some, you know, fan (laughs) art of this scene. Oh, yeah. There's been a few books where I've thought the same thing. Like, how is this actually working? Like, the blowjob in the bathtub? Yes. (laughs) Yes. This was like this, but the reverse. Yeah. It was her getting the oral in the water. Maybe his nose was out of the water while his tongue was under the water. I don't know. So she says that his hands were under her butt and he was holding her up and she was floating on her back. I mean, I guess his hands could just lift her ass out of the water as much as he needed to. I don't know. But that's what happens here. Oh, well. They end up leaving the cave and they move on to a blanket on the shore for the main event and they finally have sex. She gets some wine for them afterwards turns out she drugged the wine with the sleeping pill so she ends up giving him the sleeping pill induced wine he takes it and fucking falls asleep immediately because it's some sort of wonder sleeping pill yeah i go ahead i'm sorry no it's okay tell me what you were thinking of this scene i thought it was ridiculous of all the freaking plans she has this is what she comes up with she's gonna drug him with a sleeping pill redraw part of the map give it to durnth and tell him that that Cassian's dead. Yes. So this is what she does. Yeah. She returns to Durnt, tells Durnt that she killed Cassian, but she can't go with Durnt and the other Hallows because she has to clean up the mess of Cassian's body and everything because she doesn't want to anger the gods because this island is all about the gods. And oh, she does it. They're in the middle of a jungle. Some wild animal <laughs> yeah. will be along soon enough. And clean up her mass for her. Well, that's what we would think. But Durnth believes her and is like, I'll meet you tomorrow at noon at some other spot. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. So now she's got like, she's bought herself like 24 hours at this point somehow. She ends up returning to where Cassian is. Durnth and the Hallows go the other direction. She waits for him to wake up. While she's waiting for him to wake up, she marks on the map the route that he needs to take. Because like we said, she thinks she's going to get murdered. Yeah, and he won't even give her time to speak. So she better write on the map how he can get (laughs) there. Because she not only is going to sacrifice herself, but she wants him to succeed in saving his brother. Yes, because she loves him. Yeah, of course. She caught those dreaded feelings. (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as he wakes up, she ends up confessing everything to him. As soon as she's done confessing to him, he chokes her out, not in a fun way. (laughs) And he tells her that she needs to do her job. He says, you will do the fucking job I'm paying you for. Then, when I've got what I've come for, I never want to see your face again. Yeah. So, yeah, you were right. He still needs her. So, he's not going to kill her right away. Right. 
He just wants nothing to do with her. And they had made all these plans to be together. And it's really sad. He's understandably pissed off at her. That night when they go to bunk down, they get into a big screaming match that turns physical. Uh, He ends up kissing her at the end of it because, of course, this is what they do. Then they go even further and have some hate sex. But she's on top and she says she doesn't know what to do. So (sighs) he tells her how to do it. Oh, brother. (laughs) Oh, God. After they're done having sex, they do have a pretty good conversation and they basically apologize to one another. We've had about a chapter and a half of angst here. Yes. And it's resolved. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. That's fine. The resolution happened quickly. That's okay, I guess. Yeah. She does start her period the next day, though. I'm not really sure why this was in the book. Yeah. She wakes up and she's bled all over him and herself. Kazian handled it like a champ and he's just basically like blood is blood. It's nothing I've never seen before. And they continue on their journey. Oh, I I remember why she's on her period. While they're on the journey, they talk about Gavrit and the Kanoi. And a few days into their trek, the dreaded Kanoi catch up to them. That's why she was on her period, because she says oh, right. that Kanoi followed ugh, the scent of her uh, bleeding. Disgusting. It is disgusting, but the Kanoi are half fae, so who knows what kind of sick games these fae people are up to. And they're cannibals, so I guess they don't care about blood. I guess not. So they end up having a battle with the Kanoi, and Kazian ends up with a pretty vicious gut wound. Uh, when they manage to get away from the Kanoi, she has to do some stitching on him, but it's not that great. He starts to pass out, and while he's passing out, this is when she whispers to him that she loves him. He is, of course, getting an infection because they're in the middle of the jungle. So she has to leave him where he is and try to find the nearest village and get help. She ends up finding a witch named Corwin, who ends up helping Cassian. He does recover, and he ends up questioning her about the confession of love and was like, was that a fever dream, or did you really say that you loved me? Okay. I can hear you. All right, let me say something, that this guy is supposed to be part demon, yet he gets his ass kicked left and right. Where the fuck is this badass? Cassian is supposedly killed that demon, and by killing the demon, he, like absorbed part of the demon into himself but yes you're correct he's constantly getting injured because he's covered in fucking scars like what is this demon doing for him what have you done for me lately apparently nothing damn it (laughs) (sighs) okay i lost her again let me try to re-invite her to the call and see if i can get her back because i keep losing her don't know why i keep losing connection with her Oh, she lost internet. So uh, I'm going to end this call and hopefully we can get her internet back so we can finish the episode. Hey, stranger. (laughs) Hi. Hey. Never quit. (laughs) That's our middle name. (laughs) That's our middle name. That's the middle of the podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hopefully we'll have better luck today. And of course, right when I go to sign in, I have a coughing fit. Okay, so we're off to a great start. Yeah, we are. And I have to have my little fan on. Okay. Because I took the dogs for a walk and I'm like, just overheating. Yeah, (laughs) but at least hopefully they'll be quiet. So where did we leave off? I don't even remember. Okay, so for the listeners, for this to make sense, what ended up happening was we were recording the episode and you ended up losing internet connection. Sure. And 
we were having all sorts of technical problems. So that was yesterday. And we had seriously stopped and started the call like five times. <laughs> and then you like, you ended up losing internet. Yeah. So we ended up just giving up. So now we're recording the like second half of this episode, like the end of the episode the next day. But I think we're still going to try to keep this to one episode once it's all edited. I honestly don't know how long we've been talking for because like we seriously have like six different calls I'm gonna have to try to merge together so <laughs> challenge accepted yeah it's kind of a mess so apologies if this episode makes absolutely no sense to you as a listener but we're really trying despite all these technical problems we've been having this is our Mount Everest episode yeah like this episode just does not want to happen yeah well we'll make it happen damn it yeah so I think where we left off yesterday, of course, I should have written this down, but I thought we were going to keep going. Yeah. And so I didn't make a note of where we stopped. So I'm pretty sure we ended around chapter 21. Okay. And chapter 21 was when Cassian had that serious wound and she had to leave him and she went to the village and she found the witch named Corwin. Mm-hmm. And um, he ends up getting healed a little bit by Corwin and he questions Minerva. That's her name, right? Oh my God. Yes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my brain is so fucked up right wow. now. Yes, it is her name. <laughs> Okay, good. He questions Minerva about her confession of love. She admits that she did say, like, I love you. He does not say I love you back, but he yeah. does... He, I, he implies that he's starting to fall in love with her or that he started to fall in love with her a while ago. But why um, the hell doesn't he say it back to her? I don't know why he doesn't say it back to her. The way that he implies it, I think I highlighted it. Let me see. Oh, no, I didn't. I think what he said to her in response was like, I started to fall in love with you when you threw the knife at me which was oh, like that's some, right something that happened at the beginning of when they first met mm -hmm. he does basically imply that he's been falling in love with her for a long time he just never actually says i love you too yeah they continue to rest and heal for a little bit in that which corwin's residence in the village corwin helps them get some horses for the rest of their journey she gives them some protect protection charms to assist them when they finally do find the treasure from King Kanoi. Can I make a comment about these pendants? Yes. I, I want his bag of coins because apparently it's endless. <laughs> Where does he keep pulling all these coins from? He, I mean, he throws money around like it's water. It's just an endless supply. It's a magic coin pouch. I yes. need one of those, especially now. It's a Mary Poppins bag of yeah. money, apparently. <laughs> yes, it is. I think I said the wrong king's name. It's King Xanu. So apologies for that. That's the treasure they're looking for. Yeah, so he pays Corwin for like the protection charms and for the healing. And just like in general, he's just one of those rich nobles. So he throws money at her. And Minerva's like, you gave her more money than she would make in a year. Wouldn't that be nice? I would love to have that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is the witch tells him that the magic that she put in those pendants is going to demand payment at some point from them. Mm -hmm. So that was weird and interesting. Yeah. She's not sure what the payment's going to be, but they're going to have to pay something. Yeah. Kind of ominous. 
It is. <laughs> I was like, what if it says uh, you have to leave her at the treasure? What if you uh-huh. have to leave Minerva? Well, I'd be like, bye. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. They do eventually make it to the cave entrance. They venture through the tunnels and they find the treasure. They barely find the piece that Cassian needs to free his brother. And that piece is a, is like a relic or like, it's basically a body part from like some ancient giant. Dragon. Dragon. It's an eye. Something. That, yeah, yeah. It's a freaking eyeball. Yeah. That I think was the giant's eye and he's thinking he will be able to trade this giant eye for his brother and get his brother freed they finally find that piece of treasure as soon as they like put their freaking hands on this giant's eyeball <laughs> Durnth yeah. arrives in the treasure cave too mm-hmm. Durnth basically tells minerva that he's been training her to eventually become his bride and his equal it was really gross yeah, it this was gross. part when he was confessing why he's taking such an interest in her. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, n- not good, buddy. He ends up offering her the power from the gods because how he got into the cave, he got some like powers himself. She appears to accept his offer just in the hopes of getting close to him. And as soon as she gets close to him, she stabs him in the gut, grabs Cassian, and then they make a run for it. Stabs him in the gut with a magic sword that she found in the pile of the treasure Treasure. and so because it's a magic sword it is supposed to work on durnth right because he's got magic even though he has those god abilities or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of stuff that happens between them leaving corwin's house and that village and what i we've just ended here i'm really generalizing what we're talking about because a lot happens in the last like half last third of this book correct they escape durnth they make it back to that city of grotto They're trying to plan their journey off the island. They end up parting ways so that they can gather supplies because they have to get on a new ship to get back where they started. Constanbul, I -hmm. guess, is where they're trying to go back. Yeah. They're separated at this point. She ends up getting ambushed by Durnth and that guy Torin they saw when they originally left Grotto. The guy from her past. Yes. They tell her that Cassian abandoned her. She looks off in the distance and she can see the ship that they were supposed to take off the island leaving. So she thinks that she's been double crossed. Yeah, it was pretty shocking. I was like, oh my God, he totally screwed her. You know, she's like, I love him. I've told him I love him, but Mm -hmm. he he never did say it back to her. And, you know, he did say like, once we get this thing I need from my brother. I never want to see you again. So she's really second guessing everything that's happened. And rightfully so, I would too. Yes. But before she can question too much, the bad guys end up knocking her out. So when she comes to, she's actually in a cage in the hold of a ship, which is exactly what happened to her when she was a child. And they took everything off of her, like weapon wise, but they didn't take this hairpin thing from her. So she's able to use the hairpin to pick the lock, to get herself out of the cage and free herself. And then I really liked this part because now she goes on basically a killing spree because she's realized that even though she's panicking because this is what happened to her when she was a child, uh huh, she's not a child anymore. So she's like, right. I she's- I can get myself out of this situation. 
I'm empowered. Yeah, I really loved that about her. She's yeah. like, okay, like, stop panicking. Like, you can handle this. You've killed people before. Just <laughs> do it again. She kills a couple people in the hold of the ship. She gets on the deck and she's like, okay, I'm going to kill some more people and get off the ship and save myself. Mm -hmm. But before she can really save herself, she sees Cassian and Gavrit on the deck fighting with the bad guys also she's she's like oh my god they didn't they didn't abandon me like they're actually here to help me mm -hmm. they're on a rescue mission for me like hurrah nice twist <laughs> she ends up killing Torin. things are going pretty well for them until she ends up getting stabbed through the back by Durnth. oh this scene was yeah. absolutely horrible yeah it was he ends up like putting her in a chokehold. He stabbed her through the back. He demands the relic in exchange for letting Minerva live. Durnth, I guess, survived this whole thing because that sword that she stabbed him with wasn't as magical as she originally thought. Mm -hmm. And he's just completely insane at this point. Cassian gives him the relic, takes Minerva back because he does love her. So he's mm -hmm. like... I, I would give up anything for you. They start to go their separate ways. And something happens to Durnt's ship that he's on. And a bunch of water wraiths end up showing up and killing him. Mm -hmm. It was very creepy. Very like end of Little Mermaid when like Ursula gets like stabbed with the ship and taken down and defeated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they jump up. I think they like bite his arm off. They oh, oh god, yeah, they like rip him to shreds. Good. It's it was like the mermaids from Fall in Deep. Yeah, where <laughs> where those sirens, the were sirens, like, the goth mermaids. They were yeah. basically the goth mermaids all over again. Uh huh. Yes, and they were just the perfect timing. Cassian finally confesses to loving her. He explains to her why the ship was leaving port. Um, he says that he doesn't regret giving up that giant's eyeball thing in exchange for rescuing her because I guess the price that he had to pay or something about that. Um, the charm mm -hmm. that Corwin had given him. At some point, his price was answering a question. And the qu question was something like, would you give up anything for her? Or what do you love most in this world or something? I can't remember what the exact question was. Can you? No, but he basically said he would pick her over his brother. And I thought, what a horrible thing to have to decide. I, I did highlight it. It said, when we were entering the labyrinth of caves and the curse activated the protection charms Corwin made, I told you it required I give it a truth. Mm -hmm. It asked me if I had to choose between you and Viridian, which is his little brother, who uh -huh. I choose. I told the magic I would choose you, and I did. And I don't regret it, nor will I resent you. You're the woman I love, Minerva. Ah, swoon. Yeah. So that was a pretty good confession of love. Yes, finally he, <laughs> <laughs> he speaks up. <laughs> Literally the last chapter of the yeah. book, he finally mm -hmm. confesses. Yes. So then we have the epilogue. In the epilogue, Two months have passed since Minerva first left her home to be the guide on Cassian's adventure. She's in a building, like an apartment building, basically, that she used to live in. And she goes to talk to one of her old neighbors uh, named Jenny. Mm -hmm. She tells Jenny that she's married now and she's married to a noble and she needs a lady's maid. And Yay. so she... 
Yeah, she wants Jenny. Jenny has two kids. Mm -hmm. She wants Jenny and her kids to come live with her, be her lady's maid, and she can basically get her friend and her friend's kids out of this impoverished neighborhood into a good situation. Yeah, it sounds like a horrible place to live. And in addition to, you know, Jenny, she said in her mind, Jenny's like her only friend. She's thinking I'm going to lavish her with nice clothes. Yeah. You know, the, her husband is very into all the children. Cassian wants the children educated. So their kids will of course have the best of the best. Yeah. It's like the best outcome for all of them. Mm -hmm. The book basically ends with all of them now hurrying back home because Gavrit has heard from someone we don't know named Lord Carrington and whatever he's heard from this Lord has Gavrit very eager to return home. That's how the book ends. Yeah. So I guess if you read the next book, you'll learn more about who this Lord is. So a little bit of setup on book two. That was it. That A lot happened in this book. We like really paired it. This book was 459 pages long. Lots Super- of world building. Lots. Oh my gosh. So much world building that we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. So much having to do with the island and the gods yes. and curses and how the island works. How they could get the treasure and things like that. Things to do with the little brother. Just tons happened that we didn't mention so very detailed if you're really into world building this would probably be a good book for you what did you think about the book in general i Do you want to go first or I, you want me to go yeah first? i kind of I, I i actually i was kind of had mixed feelings about this book because at the beginning i liked how it started i thought this guy's gonna be such a badass and this is gonna be great but then you know, when they got on the ship and there, it turned out she was a virgin and she didn't know how to mount him. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, it was a little ridiculous to me. And then the fact that Cassian is like, I was saying yesterday before the internet died, Cassian's supposed to be this super badass, terrifying demon in him you know, cold blooded killer. And I saw none of this in this book besides the guy that pissed in their water supply. She Oh, bails, interesting. Okay. She bails his ass out, in my opinion, more than he shows any kind of being a badass. So mm. I, I don't know why they even brought up the demon thing because to me it didn't present itself. And I also, I had a hard time when they captured her again and they put her in the ship because she is not a virgin anymore. And they originally wanted her as a child bride virgin to sell to some noble. So why did they even bother to kidnap her again? That part didn't really make sense to me either because were they trying to take her back to Constable so that they could sell her, even though in the cave, basically the cave of wonder from Aladdin, Dern yeah. says that he wants her for his own bride. I have so no idea. I don't, I don't We never know. really found out, I guess. Like, he could have been trying to take her back so that he could force her to marry him, but it's not really clarified at the end what the yeah. goal was. And then all the struggles they went through to get this eye. And when uh, Cassian has to give the the eye to Durnth in exchange for Minerva, he ends up telling her later, there are other ways I can save my brother. And I thought, well, why the fuck didn't you? (laughs) 
why didn't you do that to begin with? That part made me so mad because when he had to give the eye in exchange for her, mm-hmm. it was basically their entire journey was a waste yeah. of adventure. That part made me like I was happy he did and I was happy that he chose her. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh, what about your brother? And like, you've wasted all this time now. And I had to read about this whole fucking adventure, which basically yeah. amounted to nothing. Right. So that was a little frustrating. I mean, maybe if the author had said, I don't know, but I will figure another way to save him. I really, I wasn't really thrilled with this book. Um, Some of it was sexy and hot. And because of that, I did give it like two and a half panties. I don't know. I I would not read the second book. It just wasn't, it's not my cup of tea. Okay. What do you think? I, there were parts that I really liked and parts that you picked up on, I didn't really focus too much on. Like the whole, like he has a demon in him now. Mm -hmm. Not really like he absorbed the demon, but that like I was taking it to be like the demon left a black mark on his soul Mm -hmm. because they kept referring to it as there's a darkness in him. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really thinking the demon would give him special powers or anything but then at the same time you're right in saying if he was able to kill a demon why can't he deal with these other people yeah her being a virgin thing i was like okay it didn't bother me too much but yeah i usually hate like the virgin trope but fortunately i don't feel like he placed too much emphasis on her value because like of course Dernth did and that other guy did. Cassian, I didn't feel like he really did that because that's a huge ick for me too like quote untainted and I'm the only person to ever be here so that makes you more special. Ugh. Well in a in a day and age where women are losing their rights and you know people in power are trying to keep their boot on our necks. I think women especially women authors need to empower women and normalize women being sexually active and sexually knowledgeable instead of this virgin way of thinking is the best from you know the dawn of time take your boot off my neck unlock the chains and give women their sexual freedom in books Mm -hmm. and and in life. It was never really explained why she was still a virgin and why she had never kissed anybody. Like I was saying earlier in the episode, if it was me and they tried to make me a virgin child bride mm-hmm. 10 years ago, the first thing I would have done when I was old enough was had sex with some rando to get rid of that issue. Yeah. But, and you- but she, never, she never even kissed anybody. So it's like, what? What are you waiting for? That was never explained. Yeah. It didn't really me, make sense to me. I can handle there being uh, gods and myths and fae, but I can't handle the mention that she lived on the streets for 10 years and is a super badass, but she's never had sex. I defy you to find anybody... <laughs> has lived like that and remained untouched yeah i could believe a lot of things but i can't believe that yeah i can't (laughs) i can't just like i can't believe of reverse harem where they all all the men are fine with 
nothing but pleasing woman. Yeah, give me a break. Yeah. Those couple things were the thing that actually I disliked in this book. So those things didn't really bother me. The thing that I didn't like about this book was how heavily involved it was in the world building in terms of the island itself and the gods on the island and the maps and things like that. That was a lot. Like I was just skimming over the yeah. mention of the different gods and it was about the gods and like their battle and the legends behind them having to do with the eye that was too much for me i could have done with a lot less of that i agree and had the book be a lot shorter because that really didn't contribute to their relationship and then especially at the end of it all they end up having to give up the piece from the treasure that they even kept so it's like i had to read all of that stuff for nothing. I could have had 300 pages of yes. journey and their relationship without the God and the world building stuff and enjoyed it even more. So what do you rate this book? I'm curious. Okay, so I actually rate this book kind of high because every time he called her darling, <laughs> I swooned a little bit. That like, is hilarious. I died and swooned at the same time every single time he referred to her as darling. I loved their banter with each other, even when they were fighting. They had this really like snarky fighting relationship at the beginning of the book when they first meet. Mm -hmm. They're pretty well matched in that respect, like tit for tat sort of give and take. Yes. I really liked that about them. So I would rate this like four. Oh, wow. Like I'm saying things that you picked up on didn't bother me because I was I was too busy being bothered by the gods and all of that stuff to even care about her being a virgin or why is his demon not protecting him more like that stuff didn't register because my brain was too occupied with being annoyed with trying to figure out the gods and shit. Yeah, I could see that. Because yeah. I know I, I would have rather had more of their relationship building than the God building. I'm like, I don't want a tutorial on the island and the gods and what happened when they fight and why they fight. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so let me make a confession here. No, oh, no. You read the next book. I've actually read the next two books. Get out of here! <laughs> You sneak. I did like this book and I liked the author's writing style, even though I didn't like the part about the gods and stuff. Mm -hmm. So the next book is about Gavrit and it's really has nothing to do with the island that they came from and the gods that were on the island. And it's very different. So the oh, okay. things that I didn't like about book one really uh -huh. have no effect on book two which is all the more reason to really not have it in book one yeah it has absolutely nothing to do with what happens in book two book two is much more about the fae on the lands and like the brother more will world building that actually matters to me because it okay. has an effect on the series in general so book one was kind of a miss in terms of world building mm-hmm but book two was better. Book three is about the sister. And so like each book is about a different Talon sibling. Okay. Well, maybe I'll read the second book and see. You think it's worth reading? I think they're really different. So Okay. All right. What's it called? Do you remember? Book two is... Yes. Give me one second. Okay. Totally drawing a blank. No, that's okay. So this book was come on i'm trying to get my goodreads to open because i put everything i read on goodreads so this book was demon bane book number two is called the hunter because 
Gavrit is referred to as the hunter. Okay. And then book three is Stoneheart. And you thought book three was good too? Yeah, I liked book three. The books are all really different from one another. So other than them being siblings and all of them trying to kind of figure out the whole Viridian situation, Mm -hmm. they're really not similar at all. Oh, all right. It's kind of funny. The way that they're connected, but not. And this series is described as like Bridgerton with magic. Oh. It's kind of true because there is a lot of the lords and the ladies and the dukes. And that has more to do with book number two also than like this book did. Okay. So it kind of like how the orc series is like orcs, but set in the times of the ladies and things Mm -hmm. like that all right well i'll check it out yeah i guess that's it for this book is there anything that you're reading right now that you want to mention well i just finished in the madge series by finley fenn i just finished the next book which is mage's master and oh you finished it i finished it i stayed up till believe it or not i stayed up till 11 o'clock last night finished and wow yeah mark that day on your calendar people i haven't stayed up that late the last time i think i was in the hospital i don't (laughs) i don't (laughs) i don't know but um yeah so i finished that book it was pretty intense it's got a lot of bdsm in it it was maybe a little too much Okay. So I don't know. I probably won't read the next book. The storyline part of it was very similar to the first book in the series where the man is accused of Henrik is his name. He's accused of stealing again from the Madge Council and she is stands behind him and is determined to prove he's innocent. And I thought it's this the people being mean again. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I don't know if I told you, but I also finished the the maids and the orcs. You and, did tell me, yes. Okay, and I've realized <laughs> that a, a three-way will not, it's no longer in my bucket list. Okay. <laughs> it's exhausting. I, I, sent, I sent Rachel a text that said, I'm exhausted from us having so much sex. Just from reading it. So yeah, trying to live it. Oh my God. Yeah. It, I'd have to, <laughs> they'd have to bring me food in bed. They'd have to carry me to the shower and bathroom. <laughs> because this book was like 630 pages of just unbelievable sex happening. So, you know, if that's what you're into, go ahead. I recommend reading it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what are okay. you what are you reading now? So I've been busy reading Demon Bane. Like I said, I read the yeah. next two books in that series. Mm-hmm. I finished Veil of Midnight by Laura Adrian. That was a book I had mentioned in the previous episode. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. From that series we did a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Finished that. That was pretty good. That is book number five in the Midnight Breed series. And then I read a like prequel novella to a series I've actually read a while ago mm-hmm. by Holly Manns. Okay. Um, I really like her series is called Warriors of the Five Realms. Okay. So I had read the first two books in that series and then uh, this is like called a prequel novella, but it's actually like a little over 200 pages. Okay. But it's book 0.5 in the series called Lullaby Scars. Ooh. I finished that. 
Yeah, that's, that's creepy. I really like that series. It's pretty good. So even though I read them out of order, it didn't really matter. The characters don't overlap too much. Mm -hmm. I've actually been listening to, like, I've been binge listening to this audiobook series um, by Lisa Klapis. It's the Ravenel's series. It's a historical romance. There's nothing magical about oh. it at all. I don't know why this series has completely sucked me in, but I can't oh. stop listening to this freaking series. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm almost done with book number three. Wow. In terms of my audiobook listening, that's what I'm doing. Something kind of completely unrelated, but it kind of overlaps because it has that historical romance aspect. Like, the last couple books we've done have. Mm -hmm. But like I said, there's nothing magical about it. I like this series way more than the Bridgerton series. Wow. But it's a little similar because they're all family members. So each book is about a different Ravenel sibling. Otherwise, they're completely different. Way better. Highly recommend. And what's the series called again? The Ravenels. That's their last name. Okay. Ravenel is their last name. So okay. Book number one is Cold Hearted Rake. It's, want to say, set in like the mid to late 1800s. Okay. But I, I like the narrator and each of the books I've been able to get on the Hoopla app. So oh, all right. even better. All righty. Sounds good. Uh, today is 4th of July. So happy 4th of July, everybody. Yes. Happy 4th of July. Hope everybody was happy and safe because... Obviously, this episode won't come out for two more days. Do you think that there's going to be a lot of fireworks tonight? I'm dreading it. Because I had some on Friday night, none last night, which was shocking. I'm just hoping, because the dogs freak out so bad. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, there might be. It's, right. it's hard to tell. Sometimes I hear fireworks on 4th of July. Sometimes I don't. Keep in mind where we live, fireworks are not legal, but people still do them. Yeah, so, so dry here and dangerous. It's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> scary fires, very much a threat. Yeah. Uh, how was your karaoke serenading last night? Ugh. I don't know what time they finally finished. <laughs> the neighbors behind me, so my house is on the street and then my backyard has a bit of a hill going up. So the neighbors behind me, their backyard is actually pretty level with the upstairs of my house where my bedroom is, of course. Of course. So those people last night were having a party. It was like super loud. They had a DJ or just a karaoke set or something. It was so annoying. Yeah, you don't need a microphone and speakers if you're in a residential area. Go rent a nightclub if that's what you want. Yeah, and then the thing that bugged me too was that it was actually cool last night. So I was trying to use the oh, whole house yeah. fan. Mm -hmm. But for that, you have to have the windows open. But I didn't want to have the windows open because they were annoying the shit out of me. So I had to stop using my whole house fan. And then I have a little noisemaker I fall asleep with. I had to crank that thing up as loud as possible to try to not hear their shitty karaoke music. Because it wasn't just <laughs> the adults doing karaoke, but then they were letting the children do karaoke. Oh my god. <sighs> that was last night. I'm sure tonight will be fireworks. Just lots of... Yeah unpleasantness around <laughs> i've decided i need 10 acres of land in the middle of nowhere because people drive me insane they're super rude my neighbor's kid kid he's in his late 20s he's still living at home he's still playing his bass 
all I hear is this, it's like a freaking heartbeat. And he does it for at least eight hours a day. Yeah, the only thing I could think is the parents are never home. Because otherwise that would drive anybody insane. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm dreading tonight. But it's going to be what it's going to be. I'll take a nap today so that when I'm up all night with the dogs, I'll be able to stay awake <laughs> and comfort them. Good. Okay. All right. What's the um, next book? Did we talk about it? No. We didn't mention it. Do you want me to announce it? Yeah, please. The next book is Love and Curse Making by Kelly St. Clair. Yeah, it looks like a fun book. I can't wait to start it. Yeah, the cover's really cute. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be a little more of a, like, rom-com, I think. So that'll be good. Not as serious as the last couple books we've had. Yeah, I think we need a break. Yeah, something really different. We'll see. I haven't read this author before, I don't think. So we'll see yeah, how it is. Okay, great. All right. Well, what are your plans for today? Anything? Absolutely nothing. The neighbors are going to be gone, so I might go to their house and use their pool. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shitty neighbors. Yeah, no, they told you go use it. You're so lucky to have neighbors like that. No, we really are. The literally got a text message this morning that was like, if you guys go and use the pool, please just let the dogs out so they can hang out with you in the backyard. That's like literally all they ask. Like we are <laughs> very lucky that mm -hmm. we moved to this street and we have some really amazing neighbors. So, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So I have no plans. I have to work tomorrow. Oh, so right. it's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy the day off. Maybe do the pool. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, mm -hmm. you know, no pressure. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, read. Oh, I started watching that series, The Offering. It's so freaking good. The crap that went down in the making of The Godfather is <laughs> mind blowing. And maybe more so for me because all the people they're talking about, you know, I was, this came out when? In the 70s, late 70s? Mm -hmm. I was in high school or just out of yeah. high school. And so it's like, oh my God, I know that actor and th that person really did what? They really threatened the producers. It was crazy. It's crazy. I like it. You have Paramount Plus. Check it out. It's a whole behind the scenes, the making of the Godfather series. Which is just an Pretty. amazing freaking movie. It makes me want to see it again for the hundredth time. Yeah, it's crazy that the movie is so good but then you did never know any of this background. Oh my God. Yeah. To get yeah. The movie made. It's crazy. Yeah. And so much pushback to even get the movie made. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Lots of hurdles, but definitely worth it. All right. Well, I'm going to, other than that, I'm probably going to paint, just maybe hang out and nap. And that's about it. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing. Just hang out, probably do some laundry, read a book or relax watch yeah. some shitty reality TV, which is my favorite. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you still watching the Snowflake Mountain series? I have not watched any since I talked to you yesterday, but I'm sure I will. Oh, yeah, watch it. It's so... F I hate reality TV, but the show's really good. Yeah, that's right. on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye, hon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.